What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Dope Black Therapist Podcast, where we provide a platform for folks all across the spectrum to speak about their mental health, as well as promote themselves, their businesses, and their lifestyle. This week, we're going to have Ebony Williamston, licensed clinical social worker, and she's going to be discussing generational trauma and how to break out and break through. Hope you enjoyed the episode. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Dope Black Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Blaze, and here joining me this week is social worker, Ebony Williamston. What's going on? Hey, y'all. What's going on with you? Nothing much. Yeah, Nothing yeah. much. Chilling, yeah. chilling. I hear you. I hear you. So we are going to jump right into it, but before we do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, my name is Ebony. Um, I am a social worker. As Ms. Double H said, I have my MSW and my LCSW, NC State alumni. Go Pack. Yeah, go Pack. Um, yeah, and I've been working in mental health for about two years now. I'm doing outpatient therapy mm-hmm. in the community and schools. Um, I've worked inpatient, like psychiatric facilities. Wow. Um, I've did some work with foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, did some work with, like, Court juvenile stuff, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother world in mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say I'm pretty well rounded. Okay, in my, no, in it my sounds two like years. It. I hear you. I hear you. What What got you into social work? Well, I actually got into social work by accident because okay. I was a psychology major mm-hmm. um, my freshman year, mm-hmm. and I love psychology. Like, yeah. I just loved it. Like I just thought it was the bomb. Mm-hmm. And so one of my electives was actually a social work class, mm-hmm. like the like the intro class, mm-hmm. and like the professor was great, and like the people that she brought in to speak to us, great, mm-hmm. phenomenal. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. So I know a lot of people don't really have, I think they have an idea of what they think social work is when they think social work, they just think, Oh, you going to take a kid from a family and all of right. that stuff. So can you tell people actually what social work is? Well, social work can be a lot of things. I mean, unfortunately in some situations we do take some kids away in certain situations, um, but it can be like a variety of things. Like I'm on the clinical side right now, so mm-hmm. just doing therapy, um, and like outpatient, inpatient kind of thing assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can also look like a school social worker, mm-hmm. um, which is different from a school counselor. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure I put that out there. Shout mm-hmm. out to the school counselors because they do good work too. Right. Um, so school social work, um, medical social work, mm-hmm. and like hospitals, um. Veteran military social workers, mm-hmm. um, and then like your regular DSS social workers, not necessarily like foster care or CPS, but mm-hmm. just trying to connect people to resources mm-hmm. and different things like that. So social work can can look like a bunch of different things. Right, right. And so. you said something about just connecting people to different resor- uh, resources that they normally wouldn't actually have access to or wouldn't know how to find. Right, so housing, mm-hmm. um, food, clothing, um, shelters, like domestic violence resources, right. just just anything. Anything right. that's that you can't go to the doctor for, that you wouldn't get from school, mm-hmm. it's basically social work. Right. Okay. Okay. So man, that's so you, you came into it on accident while you were at state. <laughs> yeah. And the, the the professor was was great and they just like you just want to add it on to it. So how yeah. so all right, so where did you where did you start? How did you get started? Um, so I took that first class and then 
from there, I really thought that it was about better relationships. Mm -hmm. So throughout my time in college, I built those relationships because these people are professors, but they do got a whole other setup outside Uh of school. Uh So I'm like, okay, they doing all this different stuff. So I need to make sure I do this when I graduate and I do that when I graduate and make sure I got, you know, just because I saw so much, I was exposed to so many things. And when I first got out of school, I was working, (laughs) it's it's funny, but it's not funny. I was working in a group home, Mm For teenage boys um, that were just out of control, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, the manager of their group home. And I was just like, what did I get myself into? Mm -hmm. And I just was like, no, no, I can't do this. This ain't for Mm -hmm. me. Because I'm, like, a fresh baby Mm -hmm. social worker. Mm -hmm. And this is, like, a level three, level four group home. And I'm just like, I ain't ready for this. I can't do this. So then I transitioned to a skilled nursing facility mm-hmm. and that was, that was better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a regular, like nine to five kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it wasn't, it was social work, but it wasn't really like what I wanted to do with social right. work. Right. Um, and it was just, it was just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. It really, it was boring. So that's when I went ahead and got my LCSWA mm-hmm. so I could start practicing therapy. And right. then that's when I was really like in the trenches. Right. And, Right. Really start doing some stuff. Right. So, yeah. So, one of the things that I've learned as a therapist is that sometimes your background is what's going to be more beneficial for the clients and stuff that you serve because you have an understanding of where they come from and how they deal with things. Like, I, I work with firefighters, first responders, and black males in particular. So, I, being a black male, former first uh, firefighter and, and, you know, father, I relate to a lot of the things and they feel comfortable talking to me. Right. Um, have you found that that's been the same thing with you with dealing with social work? Yeah, absolutely. Because representation matters. I yes. don't care what nobody say. Yes. Because it's nothing like being able to go into somebody's house. They're already not feeling the whole therapy thing because, mm-hmm. oh, we don't go to therapy because black people don't do that mm-hmm. and we don't tell people our business. So that's already one barrier mm-hmm. you got coming mm-hmm. in as a therapist. Mm-hmm. And then they see this little girl mm-hmm. looking at me. My client can be like 40 or 50 years old. Why they send me this little girl here? She don't yeah. know nothing about nothing. Right. And so that's two barriers. Right. But once you finally sit down and say, well, you know, my grandma used to tell me that back in the day, too. Right. And then you build that rapport, and it's like, okay, well, she all right. Right. And, okay, I feel more comfortable with therapy. And it becomes like a relationship and a conversation as opposed to I'm the therapist, you the client. Mm-hmm. So that definitely matters. And even working with the younger kids and, like, teenagers, like, I would prefer to work with them because mm-hmm. I'm closer to their age, for right. one. And it's like, when you can get down on their level, mm-hmm. and we can talk about things that are going on on TikTok, mm-hmm. and, it's, it's not, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not awkward right. or anything, it's, it's just different. Or when somebody could say, well, you feel me, and I just, they said whatever, and I felt some type of way, when I know what feeling some type of way means, oh, yeah. and they know that I know what feeling yeah. some type of way means, it's different. Yeah, it makes, and, it, it makes a huge difference. Right, and it takes it to the next level, and mm-hmm. you can do some really good clinical work. Okay. So... It definitely, representation matters. Oh, it most definitely does. It most definitely does. Now, I want to kind of go into the the traumatic aspect and how trauma plays a part in dealing with social work and how uh, generational trauma can have an effect. You said it yourself, you know, you're dealing with these clients who are 40 and over sometimes and then you come in and say, I got this little girl coming in. What's she going to tell me? Right. What I got to deal with. So tell me how... 
if, if you see any of that uh, in your field when you're working. Yeah, absolutely. And like you would be surprised the way that people are able to keep it together. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard some really tough stuff, Mm -hmm. and I would have never known it just from looking at the surface. Mm -hmm. But once you get to know people and understand their story and why they do certain things that they do or say certain things that they say, it's just like, you're traumatized. Mm -hmm. Like, this is trauma, Mm -hmm. like, through and through. Mm -hmm. And your kids are acting like this because they're traumatized, Mm -hmm. because you were traumatized and Mm -hmm. never dealt with it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like a... A cycle. Right. Like, generation to generation. Like, yeah. it's literally that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you you have to stop it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to tell people. Like, it has to start with you. It can start with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be easy. Like, it's hard. Right. And it's going to be hard. Right. For a long time. Mm-hmm. But you can do it. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at the bigger picture because mm-hmm. you don't want your kids continuing to act like this. Right. Or you don't want your daughter to continue to cry about this mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. you, you have to do the work. Like, right. you can do it, but you have to do the work. It's not just going to go away. Right. No, I get you. I get you. Now, that's one of the, that's, that's really interesting. It's one of the things I talked about when, you know, talking about my story and just dealing with depression and how coming up for me, you know, Black folks ain't supposed to be depressed. We're supposed to just, oh, keep it moving. You know, you better go depress them dishes. Or, you know what I mean? Or you better go depress that room and clean that shit up. Right. You know what I mean? And that's and that's what you're supposed to do. You ain't supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to deal with that. And I thought growing up, you know, that's how I was supposed to parent. Until I was like, the hell no. No. I don't have to do that. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't have to, like, the, the go-to for me coming up was I would get my head smacked. Um, I didn't get spanked. I got whoopings with the switch and everything. So, and you know, that was a whole thing. And I mean, but that, but the thing about it is that's how my grandma was raised. That's how she came up. That's how it was. It's like, they didn't understand that. I mean, it was a whole different time back then. Oh yeah. Now, if I did the stuff that was done to me back then, I'd be in jail. We would both be in jail. Both be in jail. So, and so that's the thing, but that's, that's the thing. So I know, for me, I can teach my kids the same things my grandmother taught me, but not the same way. Right. 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 So that 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 generational trauma is gonna stop right there. It stops. It stops. The buck stops here right. with me. So right. I can do a different thing. So, um, what about you? How was how was that? How have have you experienced anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, I was a young mom. And I didn't really know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, it's just like me and my son. I had him when I was 18. So, we, we kind of grew up together. Mm-hmm. So, I was just winging it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some days, I still feel like I'm just winging right. it. And I'm just like, you know what? Even though I don't really got it all figured out, I don't think any parent does. Right. But, I mean, like, I do the best I can. Mm-hmm. And I know what works for me and what doesn't work for me. And, mm-hmm. yeah, my kids get with me sometimes. But, I mean, that's not always effective. Right. Because taking the tablet away or taking the TV away or making them whole hands mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of the time out. That, that is just as effective, if mm-hmm. not more so effective than mm-hmm. giving them a whooping. But, I mean, I just tried to be the parent that I needed when I was there. Mm-hmm. Not to throw in the shade to yeah. my mom or anything because right. I had a great mom and right. I had a pretty good life. So, no shade or anything, but... You know, you just got to do something different sometimes. And plus, these 2000s kids, they different. <laughs> they just different and all in themselves. So, they, they different. So, you said you said something that's like, I'm, I try to be the parent that I needed. Yeah. So, talk a little bit more about that. Um, 
just because, you know, like my mom, it was just always me and my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, and my grandma, she raised me when I was younger because my mom was at work. And so sometimes you just want to talk about stuff mm-hmm. or sometimes you just want to sit there and watch TV mm-hmm. or play or whatever and not have to hear, oh, I'm tired today. Or maybe we could we could do this another time. Or mm-hmm. da, 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 whatever. So I try to just, you know, just, just be a kid with them. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, I'm not really that much older than them, but... <laughs> I mean, 18 years is a little bit is a little bit older than them. I mean, but, I mean, I'm, I, I still feel like I can relate to how they feel it, or mm. I can I can understand things a little bit better. Oh, I understand you frustrated. This right. is why you acting like this. Right. Because I know I was doing homework all day, and I, I couldn't really play with you or talk to you about stuff. So I'm going to give you that time now because right. I know I had some other stuff to do. And please, let's try to normalize apologizing to our kids Ooh. when we are wrong. Ooh. Because I know there were some days where I might have yelled when I didn't need to yell or I might have said, you need to go sit out somewhere and let me alone when I shouldn't have said that, when they was just trying to give me a hug or whatever, but I'm frustrated and whatever. You go apologize to them kids because they don't mean you no harm. And it ain't their fault that you was frustrated. And it ain't their fault that you had a long day at work. So apologize to them um, kids and get them a hug. Girl, you going to start off a whirl, I don't care. whirlwind I of, said what I said. of... of <laughs> Of disagreements, <laughs> especially, I mean, mm. you know, I mean, but I mean, but that goes a long way. Yeah. And so, and you think about that, how many people would not be able to do that? How many people can't do that or right. say it? Because, you know, the thing about it is, I'm, you know, you grow up. Why well, have to, you know, because I said so, or go, go lay down or, and that's it. As no, as like, even if they're wrong, they're not going to say that they're wrong because they're the parent. Right. And I have to catch myself sometimes too, because I, I'll be quick to say Excuse me, mm-hmm. go do it because that's what I told you to do. Mm-hmm. But then I have to go back. Well, you know, I told you to do this because this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Because I have to get myself in check too. Because right. I have those moments, especially when we right. do. You got some McDonald's money? I was waiting so long <laughs> to be able to say that. <laughs> but then right. I have to think about it. Hold on, I don't want to eat what's at the house either. <laughs> right. So it's just different things like right. that. You just you just gotta put yourself in check too, right. because you're the parent. Mm-hmm. Like you're the parent, they the child, mm-hmm. and they holding you accountable too. Mm-hmm. Because you can't tell them stuff mm-hmm. and then turn around and do something different. Right. Like it, it it's got to be consistent. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. Now, um, you said that you know it, you realize now that you can't say certain things, you can't do certain things when it comes to your kids. You know, if I'm frustrated, it's okay for me to apologize to them. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you said that you were raised by your mom. All right, so pops one in the picture, any? I mean, I just did a real hard eye roll, y'all. And y'all couldn't that's, see that's, it, it's, but I did it's, it. It's like she she almost went to sleep. She rolled her eyes so hard. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I always knew who my dad was, uh-huh. and I, I knew who he was, and I'm going to just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like as an adult, I would have preferred to not know him at all Mm -hmm. than to have him in and out Mm -hmm. when he chose to be. Mm -hmm. Because there are times where, well, you know, I'm going to call my dad and tell him this, and he don't answer the phone. Mm -hmm. And he say he's going to come, and he's not coming. And then now I'm disappointed and Mm -hmm. thinking I did something wrong because Mm -hmm. he ain't show up. And I just feel like now looking back on it, 
Like, it really had an impact on me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say, part of it was a negative impact for sure. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it was positive because now I know, like, if you can't even depend on your parent, you can't depend on nobody. Right. So, if you if you want to get something done, just do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you can't let the expectations that you have for people make you feel a certain type mm. of way because mm. you're going to be disappointed mm. or you're going to be hurt or whatever the case may be. Mm. So I guess that's a positive thing that I know now right. as an adult. But as a kid, it's like, well, why my daddy don't want to spend time with me? Mm-hmm. And I have two brothers too um, through my dad and he will always go all out for them and right. they always together and they going to get haircuts and da, right. da, da. And I'm like, hey, I'm right here. Like, right. I mean, I need my hair done too. Right. Like, what you what you mean? Right. So, and I think that just made it worse mm-hmm. because it's like you doing all this for them, you making sure you active in their life, and you going to their games and mm-hmm. all this different stuff, and you won't even pick up the phone for me. Right. So it's like now I know that it was like resentment, mm-hmm. and like today I just gotta let that shit go because right. it is what it is. I don't got no control over mm-hmm. that, and I don't have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And. Like, even with my kids, like, the way that my kids are treated versus my brother's child, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same. Like, the generational thing. Right, right, right. It's, it's the same thing. And I'm like, no, we ain't dealing with that. Right. We ain't, I ain't about to have my kids feeling like I was feeling or right. feeling like they less than them or mm-hmm. whatever. We ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. So, that we going to cut this right here. Right. So, that's the whole dad ex- experience. Right. So, right. So, I mean, but what do you say to those people who say, well, that's still your daddy. I that's still care. your mama and all that stuff. You gotta, you gotta mm-hmm. go and give them another shot. What do you, what do you say to folks like that? Well, to all y'all folks that say that, I don't care. <laughs> I don't have to do that. Right. Because if it's, if it's not gonna fall in line with what I got going on and it's gonna interrupt my peace of mind, mm-hmm. I'm not dealing with it. I mm-hmm. don't care if it's your mama, your daddy, granny, auntie, cousin. I don't care. Mm-hmm. No, right. I don't. I don't got time for that nonsense. And I feel like if people wanted to, they would. Right. And he's the parent, and I'm the child, or whatever their relationship is. And if they wanted to have a relationship with me, they would reach out and do so. Right. It's not my responsibility for me to reach out to my parent to have a relationship with them. Right. So no. boundaries are in place for a reason. Absolutely. So it's good to have. It's good to have those healthy boundaries. It's. It's. You know, if if. Being around certain people makes you feel a certain way. If that's not if they're not matching your energy or your vibe or whatever it is that you have, and if 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 you're if you're going to this person or being around this person causes you anxiety or or it brings you into a depressive state or anything like that, it's it's probably not the best person for you to be around. Right. Absolutely. I agree. And I know in certain situations, being around certain people, like oh that's your family. You said I don't care. If I feel uneasy mm-hmm. when I get around this person, mm-hmm. or if I feel like me being around is going to make other people uneasy because they know it's conflict, bye, I'm gone. Right. Catch you next time. Right, right. And that's the, and that's the thing, though. I, th- I think that's one of those things when it comes with, not just with family, but with friends and coworkers and everything in general. It's just like, I think for the longest time, we've had it in our heads that we have to deal with certain people or you have to deal with certain situations because of the situation or because of that person. Now, being where we are now, being adults and understanding how trauma works and understanding how uh, mental health works, you know, being able to say, no, I don't want to, I'm not going to come around, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. Or, or no, I don't, that's not, that's nothing that I want to do. Or no, you don't have to do this. Like, you know, we we were brought up in a way of do this. This is the way you're supposed to do it. You know, oh. 
go hug such and such. It's like, no, my baby doesn't have to hug you if they don't want to. Period. Thank you. They don't have to hug you if they don't want to. Exactly. Um, or I don't have to speak to you or say hey to you or come do something for you if I don't want to, especially exactly. if, if it's going to be a threat to my mental health. Exactly. So, okay. No, I, I get you. I get you. All right. So, you say you're a young mom, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was a young mom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was I was a young mom and I jumped on the porch real early, <laughs> and not long after I jumped off the porch, I had a stomach. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. But I mean, hey, I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for being a young mom because I had to I had to learn like early on. You can't do what everybody else doing. Mm-hmm. You got other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. It ain't that baby fault that he here. Mm-hmm. And you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for all that because I think that's really where, like, my hustle came in. Like, okay. I, I work. I feel like, okay, I got a son. I got to go twice as hard now because I got a son. I got to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do. I got to get good grades so I can graduate and be there for my son. All that stuff. And shout out to my mom, too, because she was the one that was watching my son while I was in college and making sure he was good so I could mm-hmm. focus on school mm-hmm. and get my degrees. Mm-hmm. And so shout out to her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my son, he changed my life, like for the better, because I would probably be, I don't know, because I was like wild now. You know, you're young, you just get out of school, you in college. Oh, you think you know everything. Yeah, you think you know uh-huh. everything. You don't care about nothing mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So I probably would be in jail or so, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, and I know it's a lot of other young moms that don't have the, I guess, um, what's the word, that don't have the the support mm-hmm. that I've had or mm-hmm. don't have the same opportunities that I've had mm-hmm. to be able to accomplish different things that right. they want to accomplish. Right. And I, I really feel for them because I know it is hard. It's hard for me with help. Right. So I can only imagine if I did have. Mm-hmm. No type of help or support. No, 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 I get that. It's just like, and that's the thing. It's like, and I imagine you see this with your job. It's like they don't have that support. Yeah, they don't have that. And 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 it's, you know, if you get told so many times that you can't or that you're going to be this or you're going to be that, sometimes that sticks. Oh, absolutely. And and people people just they feel like they have to you know be in a certain place and be stuck in a certain place and they can't do anything. Um, but not you. You you. You you have a huge family. You were like what five generations deep at one point. Yeah. Um. But out of all of your aunts, uncles, cousins, everything like that, you're the second person out of five generations to get a master's degree. Which I was shocked because, I mean, like yeah, that's like that's great. Like mm-hmm. that's great. But I mean, I feel like like going through school and stuff. I did certain things because that's what I had to do. Like, mm-hmm. that's just what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't anything that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. per se. Which, yeah, I, you know, I wanted to be, like, a social worker and do right. all these things. But as far as, like, the the reasoning is, like, my mom always told me when I was coming up, either you go to college or you go to the military. <laughs> so, and I right. knew I did not want to go to the military. <laughs> so, I just already had my mind made up. Like, I right. was already knowing, like, this is what I'm going to have to do. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, and I just did it. Right. Because that's what, like you said, it stick. My mom told me, I was like, I can't go to the military. I can't. I can't right. do push up. I can't be in the I can't do it. <laughs> so I knew. I said, I gotta go to college. I gotta make sure I get into college. Right. I can't go to the military. Right. But um, yeah. So I just, I just kind of did it. Mm-hmm. And once I got my um bachelor's, I was like, all right, I gotta just go ahead and keep going, get my master's, 
and, and just do it. So, like, it was like I was proud of myself because I did it, but it was just like, oh, all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got a master's. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really celebrate myself the way that other people may have celebrated me because I just felt like I'm just going to school. Like, it's mm-hmm. just school. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't realize it was that big of a deal until, mm-hmm. like, it, other people brought it to my attention. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you kind of had a, you kind of had another, well, it wasn't a strike, but you went through some, you went through some stuff mm-hmm. in, in, in grad school. You oh, know, yeah. You know, so, I mean, this was, it's like you said, you had a, you was a young mom. Yeah. Um, and that was your first. Yeah, I had my son the summer after my Freshman year, okay. College, yeah. college, okay. Mm-hmm. And so you made it all the way. You graduated. Um, then you went straight on to grad school. Yep. And grad school. See, I don't know what it is. This might be why I don't have a PhD because it's like every time I start school, <laughs> I have a daggone child. <laughs> so no, uh, uh-uh. uh, it's something about that starting school. I don't know, but no, I'm just playing. Right. But um, yeah. So um. I was in grad school and I was pregnant with my middle child Mm -hmm. and I just had like a lot of complications Mm -hmm. and like I was really sick all the time and I remember I couldn't even go to like my like research presentation because I had just had a baby Mm -hmm. and I remember like this was towards like graduation closer to graduation but I remember at the beginning I was so sick I couldn't do my Mm -hmm. presentation because Mm -hmm. I'm at home in the bed Mm -hmm. can't hardly move. Mm So yeah, I was I was really sick and um that's when I found out I had anemia real bad. Mm-hmm. I had real bad anemia to the point where I, I was taking iron supplements that wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I had to drink the liquid iron, which is super nasty. Mm-hmm. That wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And it almost got to the point where I had to get the IV mm-hmm. um iron just mm-hmm. because I was so anemic and it was making me sick. And I know that it would be times where I'm just in Target shopping and I have to stop because I'm about to pass out right. from just being so anemic. Right. And that's scary, yeah. like especially being very pregnant and right. not knowing what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. It was scary, and I'm already a hypochondriac. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, I'm about to die. I'm just on Google every day, like, what does this mean? What does this uh, mean? Just you, you want the WebMD people? <laughs> you know, you look at WebMD. Everything you can have a runny nose, and it's gonna be deaf. Right, deaf. I'm so. just like, oh my god, my child. But um, yeah, it it was really scary. And and I was at school, like, I was living close to campus. Like, I was off campus, but still close because mm-hmm. um, I had to be close to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was, I was high risk, and it was just like, oh, my God. And once I got to delivery, I'm thinking, okay, this is my second C-section. We good. I'm about to get this baby out. I ain't going to be anemic no more. I'm going to be good. Oh, no. Mm. So, C-sections, they take about, what, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 30, 45 mm-hmm. minutes? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, hour and a half. I'm having a C-section. <laughs> yeah. So, they had some complications getting her out because mm-hmm. for my first C-section, I had some scar tissue. Uh-huh. And so, that completely threw them off, threw the doctor off. Right. And I ended up having to get, like, a vertical incision, mm-hmm. like, on the inside mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, the, the mm-hmm. horizontal. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what was going on because, you know, I was all in la la land. But my mom was like, what's going on? Why, why is the doctor panicking? What, like, she knew something was wrong uh-huh. just from, like, the atmosphere yeah. in the room. And they yeah. had to move her and the baby away uh-huh. and do these different things. And, <clears throat> um, 
they were able to get her out safely and um, stop my bleeding. I was bleeding internally, mm-hmm. and they were having a hard time getting that to stop. And they were able to get everything done. And I was on like some type of monitoring for twenty four hours yeah. just to make sure I wasn't continuing to bleed internally. And I remember my nurse was like, "You know, you have to get up and." You have to walk around, you know, and I'm like, um, I don't feel comfortable doing that mm-hmm. because I, I'm not ready for that. Right. She was like, no, we're going to take your catheter out. You're going to get up. I need you to go to the bathroom. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And that's like a whole nother thing where black women are being yeah. undermined, yeah. like for pain and yeah. their limitations. But we ain't going to get to that. But right. I'm telling her, I don't, I don't feel comfortable. And she was like, no, just try it. And your mom's here and I'll be, I'll be right out at the right. nurse station. Right. I get up, I get to the bathroom, and I remember saying, I need some help. And the next thing I know, I'm getting so far under my nose so they can bring me back. Because I done blacked out in the bathroom, mm. trying to walk to the bathroom. Mm. After I done told that nurse, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I told her. So yeah. then I heard all them, them, the hustle and bustle people getting there trying to get me up, get me back in the bed, and I had to get a blood transfusion. Wow. Yeah, because I had lost so much blood wow. um, during labor. And, yeah, I had to get wow. some more blood. And the doctor told me, he was like, um, you know, Miss Thompson, I'm really sorry to tell you, but if you have another child, it'll be a very high chance that you lose your life. Mm. Wow. So I was just like, well, okay. And I'm, what, 20, 21, 22? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm about to sit here and die because yeah. I'm trying to have a daggone baby yeah. at my young age. Yeah. And it was just traumatic. Uh-huh. It was traumatic. Uh-huh. And especially now that I have another child, yeah. like throughout my whole pregnancy with her, I'm just hypochondriac. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> like yeah. intense. Makes sense. And and I know that I had to go to a high risk doctor. Right. Um, and I was told if you have one contraction, your uterus could rupture and you and your baby are gonna die. Wow. Yeah. So they said if you feel like you have like the slightest contraction, go to the emergency room immediately. Uh-huh. And I had to have my daughter at UNC Hospital as opposed to Rex, like my first two, because yeah. they wouldn't be medically equipped to handle if something were to go right. wrong. Right, 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 And that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And like, oh, whole nah, I was especially, I mean, I was good. Yeah. But like towards the end, mm-hmm. I was, I was really worried. Like yeah. I can remember like just praying like, oh, please don't take me from my children. Please don't take me from my children. Mm-hmm. And I just, just, just let me make it home to all three of my children. Like yeah. just, just different things like that. Cause I was scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you know, the Lord is good and all yeah. this stuff, but you still, I'm still scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just had to come to a point where I had to say, you know what, I just got to let it go because I'm going to stress myself out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make myself go into labor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to make myself go into labor because I'm so scared, mm-hmm. because I'm so worried about this. Mm-hmm. And um, I went in to have my third child and I had to get two IVs wow. in both hands. Right. Because they were preparing, like, right. for the worst. For the worst, yeah. Yeah, they were preparing for the worst, and I went in. <laughs> and it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. So, I had a resident anesthesiologist. And I'm like, why would y'all give me a resident? I need the <laughs> so, real thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, that freaked me out. Yeah. And so, he's trying to give me the thing in my back. And, and he's poking me more than twice. Yeah. And I'm like, can we please get somebody in here? And they're like, Miss Wilson, we need you to calm down. Here's the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, this is already going wrong i can't do this yeah, but yeah. 
it was fine. We got it together. And lo and behold, while I'm having my C-section, I have a freaking allergic reaction to something. Wow. <laughs> and they don't know what it's from. And I break it out in hives. And my face is swelling up. And I'm trying to breathe. Right. And they're just like, Miss Madison, we need you to calm down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need you to calm down. So they gave me Benadryl on the IV and it was good. But like in all my pictures, you know, when they bring the baby up and yeah. you take pictures, my face is awesome. All of it and all this stuff. So. Yeah, it's funny now, but then I was scared. Right, right. I was terrified. So, I mean, so you you basically went through a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you went through, you went through, and, and I, I don't want to, what you went through was a lot for, would be a lot for anyone um, to deal with. And then, like, in the beginning, you were talking about, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even think about it. Before we even fought, before we started uh, recording, you were like, you know, I didn't even, um, I didn't even realize that was a thing. I didn't know that was a big deal. I didn't know it was an issue. And you just went through that whole, that whole scenario of what it was like for you. And it goes to show like how, like the way that we're affected by trauma, the way that we're dealing with this stuff is like a lot of, we don't see it as a big deal. Right. We just see it as a, like a, as a, as another, as a Sunday. Yeah. You know, it's just another Sunday and we internalize that stuff. But then, you know, we talk about how, okay, if this stuff is internalized, it has to get out somehow, some way, you know, because there's no way that that's not affecting us. We might not, we might not see it, but it affects us in some, some kind of way. Right. So how do you deal? How do you deal with that? Now I can talk about it. Whereas before I was just, I couldn't talk about it without being really emotional and crying just because I was so grateful to be alive. Right, right, right. Because I'm just like, so many people, you hear all these horror stories Mm -hmm. about women not going back home with their kids Mm -hmm. after they have them. And I was just like, I'm just so grateful to be here. And I just couldn't talk about it without getting upset. And I don't know. I just feel like I think it, it has a big part to play in like the relationship with my daughter, mm-hmm. with with my middle daughter specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that I favor her more or show like mm-hmm. more love to her mm-hmm. because that's not the case. But I feel like the relationship between me and her is different just right. because she tried to take me up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say earlier? It's not the child's fault that she was here. That's what you said. You said that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I feel like just because I had to to fight so hard to stay here right. for her, mm-hmm. it's it's just different with me and her. Right. And even for Tanner too, because you know I was I was I had to fight. I had to make right. sure I wasn't stressed out. Make right. sure I get enough rest and do right. all these different things. Whereas with my son, it was a smooth breeze. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I think I think that that it definitely makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And you just you just appreciate things a little right. bit more, or a lot more in right, my right. case. I can't speak for other people, but you appreciate things a lot more right. because you know it's women out here that can't even have kids yeah. or that that have kids and they treat them bad mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I just feel like that just makes me love on mine even more right. because I know what it had to right. take for me to be here with them. Right, right. So, so you know, we talked about breaking generational trauma. You know, you breaking those things, and you know, actually. You know, talking to your kids in different ways and, and apologizing and things like that. Another way um, for breaking generational trauma, you know, dealing with stuff you deal with, you know, do you do you have a therapist for yourself? Do you just do, do you take time for yourself? Do you, you know, what I mean, because a lot of times people don't feel like they can. 
They, yeah. they feel like they can't do either or they ain't supposed to do either. Yeah. So I do have a therapist and I told myself for my 25th birthday, I'm like, okay, I'm 25. I'm going to go to therapy because I owe that to myself, mm-hmm. which I have been wanting to do it for a long time because I done been through some stuff, which mm-hmm. people, a lot of people don't know. And they have this perception, oh, you got it together and you did this. Yeah. And no, <laughs> I go through stuff just like y'all, but, right. um, yeah, I go to therapy, and I've been in therapy for a year and some change, and it's really helped me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And my therapist is thebomb.com. <laughs> I don't care what nobody say. The bomb. And, yeah, it, it, it's just helpful to get validation, mm-hmm. helpful to just bounce off ideas, mm-hmm. helpful to have somebody to say, well, you know you did not need to do that, or you not need to say that, <laughs> and you could have handled this in a different way. Right, right. So somebody to hold me accountable and keep mm-hmm. me in check and keep me in line, but still at the same time, let me know what I'm doing right mm-hmm. and what I need to continue to do and mm-hmm. that I'm doing a good job because... Yeah. A lot of times, you know, you just living. Yeah. Like you just you just doing what you feel like you need to right. do and, and you don't know if it's right or wrong. You think it's right, but right. just to have somebody else say, No, yeah. you're doing a good job yeah. or or I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. No so, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. So what do you do to relax? What do you do to take the what do you do to break through? To break through that? I don't know, because I feel like if I could just go to sleep, that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> just getting some sleep, that right. that does me so good. But, you know, I like to go places with the kids, like to the museums, mm-hmm. like to the park, mm-hmm. um, and going on trips, mm-hmm. and just doing different stuff, like mm-hmm. white people stuff. Oh, Lord have mercy. It's just so. stuff. It's stuff. It's not white people stuff. It's stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I just like to do different stuff because... Okay. That's another generational thing I know. When I was coming up, we always went places. Yeah. Like me and my mom, we always went places. Mm-hmm. And I got exposed to a lot of different things that right. my peers didn't yeah. get exposed to. I and so now I try to do that for my kids because y'all gonna be well rounded too. There like you go. we don't we don't have to just like sit it. at home and watch TV. No, we yeah. gonna go places. That's it. And we, we gonna learn stuff and That's we it. gonna be educated and informed and I love it. Yeah. So I love yeah. Alright, so we definitely gotta have you come back. Um, talk about it a little bit more. It's just like we've been like going on and going. And it's just yeah. like, but um, any last parting thoughts you want to leave for the people? Um, thoughts for the people. So, people, tell those folks no. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you are not coming. Mm-hmm. Tell them that you don't got it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to give them no explanation as to why. Mm-hmm. So, you have to look out for yourself because people will try to take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. People will try to manipulate you mm-hmm. and all these different things. But y'all know. Y'all know how it goes, but y'all don't want to talk about it. So, y'all <laughs> need to start talking about it and start setting boundaries and standing mm-hmm. up for yourself and advocating for yourself and doing what you want to do. And I'm proud of y'all. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I don't really have much else to add. <laughs> um, but I will say this. You are loved. You are valued. You're dope as hell. We'll see you on the next go-round. Peace.